Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. Um, I actually forgot to mention this, but I got Mario Wonder, right? And they gave me a keychain, and I think there's a printing error. If I don't know if you can see, but it's really blue. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why is it so blue? <laughs> it's supposed to be, okay, for the people who can't see... Uh, it's supposed to be a, a keychain of Mario coming out of a pipe as Elephant Mario for Mario Wonder, and he, it's just completely blue. Like, it's almost opaque. You can't see it. It's pretty funny, actually. We're trying to figure out, was this on purpose, or is, did Canada just get all the faulty stuff? I'm afraid this Mario uh, blew himself prematurely. <laughs> well, he has that big trunk. I mean... <laughs> And that Another voice you hear making raunchy jokes. Why it's Eric Van Allen? <laughs> Come on, that's that's low hanging fruit. Everyone who's seen Arrested Development was thinking that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, it's time for another episode in which we'll be talking about RPGs, and this week we're doing a mailbag episode. It's letter time, it's letter time. It's letter time, it's letter time. We put out a call for letters in our Discord, which, hey, you can join if you're part of the Patreon. And we got a lot of actually really excellent uh, letters, and Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to sit down and talk about them for a while with all of you. Taking a little break after a very hectic release schedule or amidst yeah. a very hectic release schedule uh all all the big action games are coming out now the rpgs are a little done at the moment but uh before we get to that though if you enjoy the podcast please leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice i'm on twitter at the underscore catbot nadia's at nadia oxford and eric is at cmoosi s-e-a-m-o-o-s-i we're also on patreon at patreon.com slash blood god pod where just for just one dollar a month you can get access to our discord you can get the show ad free and you can support the show and keep this train a rolling as we head into year four of our independence as a podcast can you believe it it's been it's been a wild ride nadia (laughs) i still feel like 2020 happened and then nothing happened after that and here we are Mm, yeah (laughs) nothing happened we're getting uh pretty close also to another pantheon vote we're currently playing castlevania symphony of the night on the occasion of halloween it's a spooktacular pantheon this month and we'll even get it out a day early on october 31st so you can properly celebrate the season so please Look forward to that. That is available to our patrons. All right, let's get to it. It's letter time, folks. And we're going to start with this letter from Old Man Jables. Jables wonders, as the end of the year approaches, what was the biggest RPG surprise for you? Anything is fine, even playing Chrono Trigger, Eric. And they add, oh, also, is a cheesecake a cake or a pie? And, um... I just have to say that cheesecake is definitely a pie. It has the crust of a pie. The graham cracker kind of crust is the best part of it. And therefore, I say pie. I am team pie. I'm team pie as well. The filling just feels pie-like. Yeah, I I would have been team cake. But the more I think about it, it definitely is a pie. Like, what's the difference between a pumpkin pie and a cheesecake? It's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Damn, I love pumpkin pie. that's, That's a pie. I mm-hmm. do love a good cheesecake. Uh, it, if I think about it, I'm like, well, no, of course I like 
I, of course I like cheesecake better than I like, or of course I like pie or cake better than pie. But when I think about it for a half a second, I'm like, but I like the crust of pie, generally speaking, whereas a I, cake is a little too fluffy, a little too soft. I would take a, here's the thing. I would take a great cake over a great pie any day. However, I would take an average pie over an average cake every day. Ah, good point. Yeah, because a-, a bad cake tastes like sawdust. I yes. feel like maybe, um, I don't know if it's my kind of Slavic uh, cuisine roots here, but I never grew up with pie, only cake. Pie only mm. really got into once my husband married me and he's like, hey, try pecan pie. I'm like, oh, man, this, this rules. Pecan we have pie. a pecan pie sitting in our kitchen right now uh, and I've been eyeing it. My uh, endocrinologist would kill me. Y'all, y'all getting some pecan pie? Y'all eat. Y'all come eat. My parents, my mom would always make a good angel food cake for my birthday uh, with the oh, strawberries nice. and oh, the nice. white frosting. It's very good. I am not a chocolate person. I will say that right up front. If you give me vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, chocolate's my last choice every single time. I'm with you, Nadia. Vanilla, number one. Strawberry, number two. Chocolate. Vanilla. Eh. I Let's love go. vanilla. I, I, I love just, vanilla too. I can have, and it's not like, like you, chocolate. It's like, okay, I'll have a slice of chocolate cake. Oh, God. I can't finish this. It's just way too rich. Give me that angel food with like strawberry and a little whipped cream. That sounds so nice. Well, let's get to the other question. Biggest RPG surprise. I think my biggest RPG surprise is definitely Baldur's Gate 3 being the best RPG of the year. And before you say, well, I mean, we had good signs from the beta. I wasn't expecting it to be not just a great RPG, but actual legit game of the year contender might be my game of the year uh i did not expect it to be that good yeah that's that's totally fair like baldur's gate 3 like no matter like even me someone who was like on that train like it it is game of the year in a year where a zelda game is has come out and a mario game has come out and it is up against what would easily be the most stacked competition and yet it still seems like the presumptive nominee if not winner across the board uh it's it's been fascinating to see people even people who don't play rpgs normally who are saying oh Baldur's gate 3 yeah no it's it's Baldur's gate 3 is one of the best games of the year and, and i think that's the true sign of like i don't think anyone expected the reach this was going to have yeah i was not expecting the mainstream crossover i expected it to be yeah. the you know, the cult nerd game while everybody played Starfield and instead it became a just a breakout, a mainstream crossover hit. It, and it, I think it's all due to the fact that it came out a month earlier. Uh, I think if it had come out around Starfield time, it might have been buried a tiny bit. Mm. Not not as much. I think it still would have had a really good chance because it just was that good. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it having a clear window to have all the discourse made a huge difference. I um, definitely am going with Baldur's Gate 3, but to kind of expand on that, uh, Octopath Traveler 2 was freaking amazing. And I did not see that coming. I was like, okay, I like the first one. Second one I like, I was blown away. Also with Zelda, having the whole uh, under uh, the depths, Mm. that was incredible. That was probably my favorite. I think it's still my favorite game of the year above Baldur's Gate 3 because I just loved mapping those depths and exploring them like my first impression was falling into them and like having these skeleton horses charge at me and these moblins with red eyes like screaming like ah like you don't get that kind of experience in nintendo games that often it was a genuinely junji ito sort of feeling absolutely loved it 
Yeah, my my personal pick is Octopath Traveler 2 because I I just did not expect to like that game that much. You know, I thought the first Octopath Traveler was fine. It was neat. It was nostalgic in the ways that I expected it to be. And it had some cool new ideas, but largely the writing, the the pacing, everything just kind of put me off that game. Yeah. And all of that felt fixed by Octopath Traveler 2. And I, I do think it was an effect of them thinking more about how to use those path actions in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was using the path actions a lot more and in more interesting ways. And also just the stories being a lot more compelling up front and a lot more, uh, I want to say interesting because, but they were, they were more interesting. I felt like a lot of the base Octopath one stories were very, like dry standard rote starts that then turned into interesting stories. And a yeah. lot of the Octopath two stories were interesting from the jump. And and that game still had some issues. I think there's some pacing in the middle of there that gets kind of, yeah, you know, they, they could have tightened it up a little bit, but largely that game is if Baldur's gate three had not come out this year, I think Octopath would still probably be my favorite RPG of the year. It, it is yeah. absolutely stellar. Uh, exactly what people who have wanted an old style RPG with some new ideas. Uh, and that also, if we can play the, the game awards rule where December to December counts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Chained Echoes. Chained Echoes. Yeah. Chained mm-hmm. Echoes. Huge, huge one. Uh, a, a game I still think about. I'm not routinely. giving Jeff Keighley the satisfaction of having that count. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do like, Chain Echoes a lot. Uh, it's one I'm still thinking about right now. And and even as I, you know, we're, we're getting near the part of the year where I have to start thinking about what my game of the year list looks like and what my award nominations would look like and things like that. Uh, Chain Echoes is in my mind. So see a star as ex- well. I, I was that. not expecting. I was not expecting Starfield to maybe have a shot at not making my top 10. Like I'm playing it. I've now come around to enjoying it at this point um but not without a lot of effort i still have a ton of misgivings about it i figured that even if it wasn't all that that i would like it and that it would be like a top five kind of game and it turned out to be a fairly frustrating experience right even though in the end i think i'm going to end up being like okay this this is fine i guess yeah i'm sad i haven't been here for this cat tries to force herself to love starfield <laughs> it's been arc. quite sad i've Eric. been missing it because i was i was talking to someone the other day um as we were working on some some day job stuff and i was reflecting on just how like forgettable the companions of starfield are i was trying to remember what any of their defining character traits are and i was just like i, I don't their know defining character treats is russian kind of <laughs> british Kind of, I don't know. People, <laughs> one people, of them has a kid and a cowboy hat. Well, but all of them, I, I think the thing that brought it to mind was I was editing something and it was talking about how your companions would get mad if you chose the like bad option here. And, and it was like universal across the board. All of them would be like, you shouldn't have done that. I disapprove <laughs> of that. It just made me think of how in Baldur's Gate 3, I'd do something messed up, messed up and it would be like, Carlox disapproves, then Astarian greatly improves. He's like, mm, yes. Astarian's <laughs> thrilled. Yeah. Whenever it says Astarian's happy, I'm like, oh, should I I chose the bad option. I, I did something messed up here. So, I did well, something not only wrong. that, Baldur's Gate 3, there are options you can choose where companions will straight up leave. I had a, uh, early on, I actually pissed off Gabe, Gabe, 
Gale, Gale. so much that yeah. he that he left. How and do I'm you like, piss uh, off Gale? Well, he uh, confided about the bomb in his chest, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. I did the mind reading thing to figure Uh-oh. out what the not the bomb. Sorry, um, he confided about needing to eat artifacts. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what the hell is going on with you? So I was trying to read his uh, mind. And figure out what the heck was going on. And he discovered that I was reading his mind. And he was like, why are you reading my mind? And then we got into an argument. And then he left. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to reload now and not do that. Uh, I wonder if that's why the gith chick never came back to me. She just left, I think. And I just never saw her y'all again. Y'all don't have Lazelle. Oh, my God. I don't God. have Lazelle. Lazelle left Lazelle your party? is Bazel, all right? Like, I've never I seen Lazelle. I swear, I don't remember what I did. I must have seen her when she crashed or I forgot to rescue her or something. But either way, she is not in my party. And she's not in anywhere that I can find. There, there are an alarming number of people who miss characters. I know someone else I know didn't have Gale for the longest I time because they just Gale. didn't. Yeah, they just didn't go and pick up. Didn't Gale. go that direction. But, but this is what I'm talking about: is that we we talk about forced love for Starfield, and it immediately turns into how good is Baldur's Gate three? Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> okay. I'm just can I say you could be some even better? <laughs> can I say some nice things about Starfield though? Yes. Yeah, say nice of things course. about Starfield. <laughs> I do love the shipbuilding. Uh, I've yes. been having I, I can spend a lot of time just in that shipbuilder menu. I'm really happy with my ship now. Um having put together all of the habs and everything. I have found some really good quests, quest lines. I think the the Vanguard and the Crimson Fleet quest is it's clear that they put a lot of time and effort into that one. Still has some a few flaws, but generally speaking, it's a big cut above a lot of the other stuff. I'm actually rounding into liking the story and there's a Star Trek quality to it that I appreciate. The whole no- multinational group coming together to explore space uh, and discover the possibilities of the universe is like, it's catnip, catnip with a K. So, uh, and I called the big twist at the end from a million miles away. As soon as people said there was a twist, I was like, I know what it is. And sure enough, that's exactly what it is. But I still like it. So I uh so I'm I'm rolling through. I'm just taking it for what it is. And ultimately, Starfield is good. Is it enough to be on my top ten? Maybe not. But I do not think, here like this. Yeah. This I do think good. in true Bethesda fashion, modders will turn Starfield mm. into something truly special. Sure. I do think that they will take the raw material that has been put here, especially when it comes to the shipbuilding and uh, the exploration, which is bad in the base game, but I bet will be amazing after modding. I can't wait to see what modders do with this game. I bet it would be great. So that is, that's all. Okay, let's move on to the next story, uh, question. Uh, Clue asks, what defines a truly great RPG boss battle? And the first thought that came to mind is, if a unique soundtrack kicks in yes. and it's a kicking yeah. soundtrack and it's super high mm-hmm. energy, you know you've got a great boss battle going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unique boss track is always the sign that it's a good Especially fight. if it's vocalized. Oh, Aww. I mean, are we just jumping ahead to the next entry? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yes. Uh, no. I, I will also say that, uh, so I've been playing a lot of Chrono Trigger recently and really loving the boss fights in that game specifically they're so I think. good they're like puzzles right 
they're 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 puzzles and i was talking about how uh on the streams and y'all can watch the vods on on our youtube channel youtube.com slash bloodgodpod um if you want to watch them or or watch them on twitch i'm plugging them because we're probably nearing the end actually i'm actually pretty close to the end of chrono trigger at this hell point. yeah um but uh like chrono trigger is not a super complex battle system it's a really straightforward battle system where you have not a ton of different things that you're having to juggle in your mind um i've I've been fascinated by the fact that like you really don't have a lot of tools that you're working with it's how those tools interact and work with each other and the decisions that you're making because of them make them really interesting and i think the bosses reflect that very well where I get into fights where it's like, okay, I've got these different things I need to attack. Uh, I, I just fought a, a Lavos Spire or Lavos, Lavos Spawn. Lavos Spawn, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that one was really interesting because I was so used to just dumping AOE techs mm-hmm. on enemies. And this like mini boss would shoot this really powerful AOE attack at me if I hit one part of it. So I couldn't yep. just dump AOE techs. So now I was having to think about, okay, what are my good single target techs what are my good things that can handle just one part of this boss or in other cases when i was finding the twin golems uh i needed to put them on it because they would copy the magic that i used on them and then use magic back in kind so i needed to keep them on a specific kind of magic that i could handle as opposed to you know, physical or shadow would absolutely wipe me yeah physical i, I know what you're talking about physical will absolutely destroy you yeah, and and it was really cool to play those fights and see how even with a relatively simple setup and system, a not very in-depth system, Chrono Trigger creates really interesting combat situations that ask you to think about the things you're doing, act with intentionality, and solve them. And yeah. I... I think that is the hallmark is it's not just a gimmick. It is a thing that makes you see the combat system in a new light and understand it and feel like you have beaten something both like logically and with your gameplay and all that. It's, it's a really cool feeling that I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, and that would be the hallmark of that. And I would also say the Baldur's Gate three has a lot of moments like that where you can sure you can like fight enemies and just kind of like meat block them down if you want to and just kind of hit them with stuff until they go down but a lot of bosses a lot of encounters in that game feel so designed that they have ways of getting around them even if it's you're using role playing to set yourself up in a more favorable position for the fight or something like that uh I like boss fights that reflect the game systems and put them in their best light and reward you for engaging with the game systems. I agree. And I like a good boss fight. I like a game that forces me to consider different party compositions as I approach Mm -hmm. the boss fight. I think, um, I think bravely default Two actually did an amazing job with this, uh, where it encouraged me to be like, okay, I'm getting wiped really fast. I need to, completely rethink my job class comp right now. And so it it encourages you to explore a lot of the tactical possibilities. On the flip side, I think a boss fight that I don't like are the ones that A, drag on too long. Yeah. And B, yeah. are just damage sponges where I'm doing yeah. the same loop over and over and over again. Um, I, I do like a lot of thought and intentionality going into a boss encounter. I do like boss fights 
I know I'm also in a good boss fight when I hit the second phase and all of a sudden they like throw off their cloak or something or like <laughs> go into bigger and stronger and get a bigger sword and then the music changes <laughs> or they call in their mooks. Yeah. I um I like boss fights that make my heart race and boss mm. fights where the boss has been built up as a really dangerous thing and then all of a sudden you're like shoved against them like have fun. Uh, I'll probably always cite Luca Blight from Suikoden 2 mm, because that's yeah. not just that's a, a real knockdown drag out fight, but not in like, as you were saying, Kat, the bullet spongy way. Like he has his mooks, he has his magic, uh, and then you have to go one on one with him and you have like that one if you know what to do, you know what to do. And like you're kind of going story based, like what kind of what, what choice you should make here, but if you make the wrong choice, it's like it, it all comes down to that moment. And having struggled to beat him and then to come down to this point where it's like, oh my God, it's hand versus hand, what do I do? That was like an experience I'll never forget. Uh, yeah, so I, I like those kinds of... I like boss fights also that are theater, which is uh, probably why I like FF14 so much because so many of the boss fights are just... They're perfectly scripted in that regard, like story-wise. So I've always kind of appreciated that. But yeah, I like I like boss fights that are, that are exciting, both like you know, in terms of mechanics and in story-wise. I like the narratively significant boss fights for sure. Yeah, for sure. You've been waiting for a while to go head-to-head with them. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, here we go. It's time. Yeah, you know? it's, not, it's not a fake out this time. We're actually doing this. Yes, we're actually we're, we're actually throwing down. I will say that uh, classic Final Fantasy, 16-bit Final Fantasy was really good at introducing uh, boss fights that were real bangers, right? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, I was thinking about Atma Weapon in Final oh, Fantasy oh, 6. Oh, that's First, such an epic awesome soundtrack like boss fight coming at an amazing time in the game Mm -mm. i'm not spoiling anything eric Mm -mm. just saying um and the 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 sprite is amazing too and very very imposing so uh, that stands out and then in final fantasy 4 when the four fiends show up yeah and again unique soundtrack very tough opponents um, all of them have interesting uh, kind of me- mechanics going for them. I think that a quality boss fight is like the underpinning of a great RPG. You know that you're playing a quality RPG when the mechanics and the flow are so good that you are having really memorable boss fights because that's when the whole game comes together. It's like yeah. the the full expression of the mechanics, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And- and to add on one more thing, I, I there are many, many series that handle boss fights well, but one that always comes to mind for me is the Like a Dragon series, because there is nothing more hype than the dudes ripping their shirts off to reveal their back <laughs> tattoos, yeah. and then they like clash, and then it just like shoots their name across the screen like really epic text and you're just like let's go let's go <laughs> and i love like, it no it does get you hyped for sure it's like the tattoos it, it, are what give them their power the, yeah. the back tattoos that's that's when you know it's getting serious and like like a dragon 7 also has some absolutely ridiculous boss fights uh the the crane with the wrecking ball comes to mind and yeah those are just great for the sheer ridiculousness of what is happening in front of you and yeah i i love games that don't take themselves too seriously and do Mm -hmm. have those moments of 
yes, you are really fighting this thing. I mean, the the ghost train or whatever is is also a famous example of like yeah. you are fighting a train now. <laughs> Sammy J nine wonders, what is the favorite individual game uh, game song of the year so far? Mine is either Song of Hope from Octopath Traveler two, or Within the Dream from A Space for the Unbound. Although if I listen to that one, I'm likely to start sobbing uncontrollably. My mm. favorite game song of the year comes during Act 3 of Baldur's Gate 3. I'm not going to say anything else other than the fact that it contains the lyrics, hell, hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll look for it. <laughs> yes, uh, for it. it is. Gets your heart racing. It's an awesome, awesome boss fight. And uh, it, it t- keys into the, how do you know you're playing a really good ass boss fight? It's when you have mm. the unique soundtrack with the uh, vocalized music. And so, you know, when the game developers are going hard. Yeah. So that's that might be my favorite game song of the year. But I know that Octopath Traveler 2 had some really uh, some some real bangers in there. It it has like the best motif, I think, because that like Mm -hmm. is like such a good like running theme for that series that they repeat over and over and over again. It's really well Uh, established already. It's only been two games. Yeah. Uh, but I think individual music, I keep coming back to Baldur's Gate three, but not that one. I know why. I, I know that one's good. That one is good, but it's the, the repeat use of, I'm a sucker for motifs. And so the repeat use of the, the down, down, down by the river and all that, mm. like it, it's, I, I love the way that game uses those little like musical hits and intonations really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I would say again, Chrono Trigger, because every time I'm walking on that overworld map and I hear that bum, 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 and I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's so the nice. time music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Do you know I, that the down by the river thing is tied to a very different Baldur's Gate 3? Like, cut, they completely changed a certain aspect of Baldur's Gate 3 story through cut content completely reimagined mm. how the dream the dream visitor was going to work oh yeah and yeah. honestly reading how they were originally doing it i kind of prefer it to what they ultimately came up with the the dream visitor stuff was different even in the early access and that's why i think it's interesting to play the full release if you've played the early access because that stuff is completely different um and I character designs were totally different, like seeing original Carlac versus what they eventually yes. came up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting to see that. But I I really love Baldur's Gate 3. I actually think Final Fantasy 16 had some banger music tracks. It um, did. Yeah. That's Soken like, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Soken Soken did some work on that. The the Typhon fight was great. The um the the one that plays during big old rocky mountain (laughs) it's fantastic (laughs) um just some really good musical hits that i think people didn't like notice right away because they're playing what is honestly i'm going to say is just an action game it's it's an action game but uh it's it's got some great musical hits in there that i really really liked um and then yeah octopath I love every time like Particio's theme kicked in oh, with all the, so the sacks. It was so good. Oh, it was so God. good. That could easily take my my song of the year. But this year has been so crazy for FF14's raids. Like yes, they have theater music. Like this is actually stuff that you can make a, a musical out of. And for me, I think it's uh, dedicated to Moonlight. 
Yes. Which is uh, the song that plays when you battle Menfina, who is the goddess of my, my patron goddess. Thank you very much. I have a moon cat. Uh, and <laughs> what I love about Dedicated Moonlight, besides the fact the violins just shred, is the fact that it's the song it explains part of the Keeper of the Moon culture, which is, you know, you have the cat boys, of course, you have the Seekers of the Sun, there's the popular ones, and Keepers of the Moon, which are my losers, so I love. And this is a song that talks about, like, uh, their culture, finding love, how, you know, they're, they're kind of a polyamorous society, so it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> going out and basically losing your virginity. It's a song about that, but it's so good. And just... Everything Soken has done with the raid music, like the remixes of the Final Fantasy IV music, holy shit, like, oh my god, the, I don't care if you like FF14 or not, look up the remixes of the Four Fiends music, they got the original guy who uh, did those, like, parody videos way back when of the Four Fiends, the, who also died, can't beat Airman, I can't remember his name, but he helped with the music, and oh, so good, same with the Another Moon music, like, just Soken's insane, so's the sound team, the whole sound team's great. Spooky Man BR wants to know, what are the plans for the next media special? After Kat's Summer of Gundam and Eric's Autumn of Avatar, it's time for Nadia to take the lead. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much. Mm. I've been saying this, and I don't know if we're going to do this uh, or what the plans are. I really want to do a Gravity Falls watch. I think Gravity okay. Falls is one of the best okay. cartoons ever done. I, I respect it. it. That's and it's fair. very short. It's a few seasons. Like and It's got uh, J.K. Simmons. Oh, see, that's how you sell me on it. Is you say there J.K. You Simmons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I liked yeah. the idea of doing the the Ghibli watch. Um, Ghibli watch is good too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if we're going to do a series, I want to do Gravity Falls. So, like, pick the the essential Ghibli films, and or mm. we could all pick one Ghibli film that everybody has to watch. Yes, but I still want to do Gravity Falls. You can also do Gravity Falls, Nadia. Thank you. Nadia has earned this, all right? Nadia, Nadia we got has our, earned We got this. our turns, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's true. Gravity it's, Falls, it's, everybody. It's very much my kind of show. It has my energy. Mabel is me. Uh, so would it be Fall of the Falls? Fall of the Falls. Fall of the Falls. There we go. Gravity Falls, Fall. Gravity Falls, Fall. Gravity Falls. Fall. Gravity falls. <laughs> gravity falls we gotta have the zed on the end so you know it's cool just gravity fall yeah there i like go. that gravity fall but gravity fall, fall yeah, i like that <laughs> we're really getting stuck on this <laughs> but so i like there that you idea. go gravity thank you for fall. bringing it up wa wants to know wow. shiba inu is going to speed run gyromite at AG, agdq 2024 in a perfect world what animal video game speed run combination would you want to see Oh my god! I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking a possum. I think a, a possum would be a very enjoyable uh, combination. And then I think a, a possum could play an RPG. Huh? I think. Huh? Just, uh, I, I just think have a, them like banging out menu commands. I think a crow. Crows are extremely smart. Like I have crows that hang around my place, and you, you watch them play. And they don't play like animals. They play like humans. It's really creepy. But I think they'd be. I think they'd be great at video games. I think they can learn them video learn them quite easily. I want to see otters speedrun uh Mario Hoops three on three. Um, <laughs> what a weird choice. Very specific, I know. But there's something about otters. They're just playful. They're I love fun. Otters. They like to you know, I I've always liked to imagine an otter would like playing basketball if if they had water basketball. 
They uh, do. That someone trained a sea otter to kind of put, throw a ball through a hoop. It's very cute. And see, and see, that's just adorable. So I, I would love to see that. One one thing I don't want to see involved at all: dolphins. Dolphins unsettle me. So um, you don't like what? dolphins? I love dolphins. They're, I know they kill me. I love dolphins. No, they're they're messed up. They're 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 weird. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're 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 the little freakos of the sea, and they need to just. We have our land. They have their ocean, and we need to to create the divide. All right. How do you feel Eric, about known dolphin hater. Mm-hmm. I like orcas. Not dolphin hater. I'm not against We've their. We've now established ex- that Eric is racist against dolphins. No, dolphins yeah. can continue to exist. I just so don't that, want them like, near me. Look, I just believe in segregation of <laughs> dolphins and humans. Okay. Like we have se- the land, separate but they equal. have the ocean. They can be in the ocean. We can have the land. I just I, I there's have... just something about dolphins that I don't like. Says dolphins Eric. are assholes. They are dolphins assholes. are assholes. They like murder yes. for fun. Oh yes, here we go. Uh, not all dolphins. Hello. I, I can't about believe orcas? this is I'm happening. Trying to talk to about here. orcas. Yeah. See, <laughs> orcas are really smart and they're assholes, but they know it. Orcas are us in water form. So, and what's really interesting about orcas is outside of that terrible, terrible sea world incident where basically the, the whale was driven insane by loneliness, mm-hmm. uh, they don't hurt humans. They don't kill humans. Like, they fuck up our yachts and they fuck up our fishing stuff and we deserve that. But they, if you look at videos of orcas, they just kind of come near us and like hang out and look at us. And I was reading about a indigenous tribe that had a deal with, with, uh, with orcas where they'd fish with them. And they'd fish baleen whales and the um, orcas would get the tongue and the lips. And if they broke that covenant, which, of course, the settlers did, uh, they would go away. And they did. So they're cool. Orcas are really awesome. I, I really wish we could, like, you know, it'd be cool if we could talk to animals. I they're, really want to talk chill. to animals, spell. They're working on it. I know. Uh, it might not be long before we're able to talk to dogs. I mean, we kind of already can, honestly. <laughs> it's almost uh, time for second dinner. Robo Riley wants to know how have video games changed how you see or appreciate other parts of your life, whether it be other storytelling mediums, the news, crosswords, nature, or anything else. The most recent one for me is Final Fantasy XIV in the night sky. It's gorgeous mm. in Final Fantasy XIV. It makes me sad that I live in a place with some really bad light pollution. I'm not really into camping, but now I want to visit a place where I can see the stars. You know. I always appreciated a good campfire, but I feel like RPGs just really emphasize for me that campfires are the best. Uh, yeah. You just have a good little fire pit with your friends around it and and you rest and recuperate from the day. I appreciate a good campfire now. I know it's a very specific and weird thing, but I love a good campfire. <laughs> um, this is a really good question. It is a good question, but I have to think a little bit about it. I mean, so... I think playing a lot of this might not even be like RPG specific. So uh, sorry, but I I think a lot of games like Return of the Oberdin and Outer Wilds are really good in that they help me like understand how I process information like they like they're they're games that kind of force you to think logically and understand the info that you're seeing and take them in. And I've noticed that the way I play games is different now post I'd say post return of the Oberdin because it makes you take like stock of your immediate surrounding. And I've noticed a lot of people can tend to kind of autopilot through things, you know, video games or or even life, you know, where you just kind of like go through the motions and you don't like take notice of what's around you, what's near you. 
And I think games like Return of the Overdin really made me start to like, oh, there's a lot of detail in the things we do. And for games that can help with like, oh, I'm better at puzzle solving now in games because I'm better at noticing like the ways in which designers are trying to key me into a specific thing that I need to solve or like a clue or a hint. But even just in life, I take stock of things more often. I I try to like have moments uh, where I will just kind of like take in where I'm at and be like, you know, just be in the moment for a little bit. Uh, like, like take almost a snapshot of where I am, especially if I'm like on a trip, I'm traveling, I'm somewhere really cool. I want to like have have some time where I'm not just constantly thinking about like, okay, what's next? Oh, I should take a picture. Oh, let's let's go over here. Let's do this. It's just take a moment to like be where you are and take it all in and like internalize it. And I think games like Oberdin really like helped me get to that place mentally. I think games have been an incredible example of soft power for Japan because it has given multiple generations of people around the world a lasting appreciation and a desire to visit and spend time in Japan. Mm. I ended up learning Japanese because of games and anime. And I lived there for a time, partly because, at least a little bit, because of games. And one way or another, uh, I think that uh, my, you know, my my appreciation for Japan and Japanese culture is inextricably tied to games, uh, because so much of Japanese holidays, Japanese customs, Japanese yeah. everything is tied directly into video games. Even playing a game like Super Mario Wonder. That was a Nintendo effing game. Oh, it totally is. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is very, very Japanese. So I think that is had a um, a significant impact on my life, actually, and how I see the world. Personally, um, I think video games helped me become a writer, not even just a better writer, just a writer. Mm-hmm. And that is because I started playing video games even as, as early as Super Mario Brothers, like for their story, like even though Rescue the Princess is not much of a story, it's still a goal. And you start to wonder, you start to supplement stuff in your head, like how did this happen? How did she get kidnapped? Who were her parents? You know, all that weird stuff. And the thing with video games is that it tells stories with different mediums kind of bombarding you at the same time. You hear music, you see graphics, and usually you read or you hear dialogue. And having that kind of um, versatility with storytelling and having that all kind of funneled into you at once can be a really good way to learn how to tell a story through different, you know, different mediums yourself. Like uh, maybe I'll try switching the narrative here. Maybe I'll try a different perspective there. And to be honest with you, video games can also teach you what not to do because sometimes the writing in video games isn't great. So you say to yourself, okay, well, I'm going to kind of not do that. And I'm not trying to be snobbish about it. I'm just saying like sometimes writers are not really in the budget. But I would advise, I, I think that, like, you know, they, they say things like, oh, comic books will rot your mind, video games will rot your mind. They really don't. They, they can't. They're, no matter what happens, you're getting information pumped into your head. You're getting a story, someone else's ideas pumped into your head. And that will always develop into something of your own. So, yeah, video games, um, they were my favorite way of imbuing stories outside of, I think even more than reading books when I was a kid or definitely more than watching mm-hmm. movies. So it turned me into a kind of a writer and a storyteller. Uh, video games also how changed how I look at sports. I mm. guess they would. Yes. Yeah. Cause I played yeah, everyone's a lot little of, and chibi. 
Well, I played a lot of Madden, and I'm back to playing now Madden now, actually. I'm in my league. And it taught me about the strategy of the football. Like, I didn't know what a cover three was versus a cover two versus man mm. coverage versus, you know, all of that defensive jargon I learned because of Madden. And similarly, I am a West Ham supporter in soccer because of FIFA. I right. picked West Ham because they had a goofy ass name and they were in the championship <laughs> at the time and I wanted to challenge. And so I was playing them in FIFA and that's how I got to know their names and their culture and everything. And that's what made me an actual fan. And I would venture to say there are not insignificant number of Americans who became fans of individual teams because they enjoyed playing as them oh, um, yeah. in FIFA. So I think that sports games at their best have been a very good educational tool about learning how to play, learn how to uh, enjoy the sport in a way that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. So um, Minovsky wants to know, with EZ8 receiving a novel adaptation recently, which RPG would you want to receive a novel adaptation? Um, I'll be honest, a lot of the novel adaptations I read are not very good. You didn't like <laughs> so, the World of Power? You didn't like the... <laughs> I, I'm talking about the ones that adapt things directly, like... Uh, the novelization of Ninja Gaiden? <laughs> well, that was amazing, except for the fact that his father no. didn't die, which was the whole point of the story. <laughs> I actually I think, need to read the novelization of Death Stranding because that oh, exists. Oh, please do. And that I really like want to read it. Yeah, that sounds so bad that I want to read it. I read... You didn't like the um, Gears of War novelizations? Is it, here's the thing, though. Like, you're talking about... The, there's Western novelizations and there's Japanese novelizations. Yeah, I find yeah, Japanese novelizations are a lot more dry than the Western ones, for better or for worse. Well, so the one thing I will say is that you, there's also different kinds because if you do like a mm -hmm. light novel adaptation where the format's a bit more in the light novel form i haven't read a ton right. of light novels but i've read a few and those are a little bit more they're they're good in a way that's like very i would compare it to like watching riverdale here where like you are kind of buying into a genre that will have tropes and that will have like kind of fun enjoyable things and the light novels i've read i wouldn't say are like anything incredible by like a writing standard but they are very enjoyable to read right. it's, or, or it's like the genre paperbacks that we have here in in uh the u.s where you buy like a cowboy paperback or like a romance paperback uh they're just like they're all the same size and and you kind of mm -hmm. like are buying into like oh i'm getting an isekai light novel it's like getting a romance paperback right okay um, yeah and i think if you go that route there are some games that i would i could see making excellent versions of of like specifically like fiction genre light novel and I'm, i want to say like maybe a lunar could do that really really lunar well would be fun that would be fun because it would just lunar. it would just be cheesy it would just be fun yeah. it would just be enjoyable um and, and that's what i, I don't think you're going to get like i think games are so entrenched in their a good game is so entrenched in the medium in which it's told that like if you tried to novelize certain parts of it, it just wouldn't work very well. Um, sure. Even more difficult because like you can kind of do a video game to movie adaptation and be fine. But like video game to book is does not work as well. But yeah, if you pick the right subject material and you approach it with the right mindset, I think you can have some fun with it. So the only live one alive. That's a good pick. That from would be in the chat. Live alive is a yeah. good pick. Mm. I oh, yeah, a series of the... like an anthology. That'd be fun. Yes. It's... That'd be excellent. 
there's a Final Fantasy IV novelization that I don't think anyone has translated. I would love to have that. I think there's an After Years one, too, for some reason. I'd love to have that as well. It's illustrated. There's a bunch I of like, like near side works, too, that I want to get around to at some that point. That must be nice and sad. Yeah. I like when certain uh, games get turned into manga. Uh, yeah. Mm. The Pokemon manga is actually very good. Very good. Which one? Uh, there's several. Are you the OGs, about like the, the original OG. Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah. Uh, very different from the anime. Yeah. Much more faithful to the actual games. And I think Pokemon Origins or something like that actually ended up following more in the lines of the manga. Also, I liked uh, Origins. I needed more than four episodes. Also, the various Zelda manga, like the the Link to the Past one in particular, that came out in Nintendo yes. Power. Yes, excellent. Yeah. We excellent. have a whole episode on that over at Retronauts. Go re- go listen to it. Yeah. I, I've also I was looking into this because while I was traveling, I walked into a manga store because I can't help myself. And uh, apparently, the Elden Ring manga is pretty decent. I've been hearing yeah, really. some, some okay things about it, so I've been meaning to to check that out at some I've point. Which I mean. An- an yeah. Elden Ring joke manga, which was hilarious. That was that got translated, uh, but it was just like not at all serious. But it was official and just started with the uh, shit. What do you call the the protagonist? He has like a title. Uh, the tarnished. Elden. The tarnished. It just starts yeah. with the tarnished being buck naked and mm. uh, torrent mm. finding him. It's like, are you sure this is the guy? All right. So it was pretty funny. It's oh okay. So there's there's an anime that's airing this season that is like several manga deep at this point i think but it's i think it's called shangri-la frontier but the setup is basically like what if let me solo her played a different (laughs) mmo and and like played an mmo and it's not like exactly ripping off let me solo her but it is like a dude that is so good at video games that he's trying to beat the the next great mmo by wearing like underwear and a bird hat and it's 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 very it's very interesting I've, I've been seeing some people talk about it but yeah no it's uh there's there's good stuff out there i do think the manga adaptations though you're right uh tend to be a little bit more in line with what you would want yeah. out of it's those a, it's a very visual medium i think yes and so that fits maybe better into manga and then i mean of course in those particular and i'm talking about movie ab- adaptations i'm talking about novelizations manga they lose the interactivity part yeah, which is especially a big part of RPGs. I was going to say, well, what about a Disco Elysium novelization? Well, I mean, you lose a huge part of the appeal of the way that the different decisions yeah. interconnect and end up defining your path in that game. It's just it would end up feeling kind of two dimensional in its own way. But um, finally, Ruka wants to know: We're coming up on the third anniversary of Axe of the Blood God going independent. Can you believe that? Wow. Year four of Acts of the Blood God. Is there anything you wish you had done differently now that you know how it's going? And do you have any big <laughs> shakeups planned uh, for the future? Um, I yeah, think we're replacing that, the whole staff with dogs. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's not too much that I would do differently. I mean, I think that it took a while to get the Pantheon kind of into a format that I mm. ended up liking. Uh, it took a bit to find the current format of the show. Um, mm. I am really glad we got Eric on the show um, yeah. relatively quickly because it helped uh, take a big load off Nadia and I, and it, I think it solidified um, the show in a lot of ways. So uh, as for what to look ahead to, I think next year is the year that we really do launch the live show. 
mm. uh, the Saturday morning live show on Twitch because we've had so much success with the uh, Stars of Destiny um, here in the Discord that uh, we really want to bring it to everybody. And but, but you still get the after show. So don't yeah. worry. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to figure out a way in which we do this without because we are also very conscious of the fact that like when we do stuff like that, it shifts away like benefits that y'all have had to yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to be conscious of like how that shifts too. I think the star they'll still get the pre-show and the post show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they'll still get like individual gifts. They'll still get we'll still do watches. Like if we do the summer of Ghibli. Uh, probably we would do a watch along. I thought you meant physical watches, and I was like, "Cat, I thought we were no. just doing pins, watches." Axe the blood god, Axe the blood god, Rolex. Uh, <laughs> they all fall apart in the mail. Uh, no, like we would do watch alongs of, um, for example, if we did a Studio Ghibli Summer of Ghibli, we might watch um, a movie together with the uh, the the. The stars. We, we of did that once with like yeah. the, what was with it? Char's Char's counterattack. Yeah, that and didn't we go do super well. But I think we do the, owe a spirits within watch along. We do along as well. owe a spirits. Yeah. Oh within. shit! Right. Yeah. We should do that. <laughs> we we definitely want to do that before the um the end of the year. But oh yeah 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 exactly live pantheons. That's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting concept, and actually, it would be kind of fun to do a live pantheon for the stars, but only the stars. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I yeah, think that yeah, would yeah. be a. A good replace, maybe like a good bit of replacement content. I think the point is, is that it's such a great way for us to be able to expand our audience. Um, as so many podcasts have a video component now, they really do. It would allow us to export them over to YouTube. Eric has been learning a lot of the video production stuff through the uh, through our various charity streams, um, and we need to learn that. Um, and then it would make it a lot easier to have a stronger social media component, especially especially since Twitter is fucking dying. Twitter is uh, so yeah. effed. Yeah, it's, it's screwed. just beyond effed. It's screwed. It, I have to curse because of how much Elon has screwed up a platform that I used a lot previously. Um, so having a video component for Instagram, t- TikTok, and whatnot. Especially TikTok. We all need I, TikTok yeah. clips. I, I think the the thing that we always come back to with that to, to like air out some of the inside talks that we have probably at least like once a month is that uh, obviously this is varying extents of our lives, right? Like like we have like like different day jobs or work that we're doing on the side. Like Blood God is not everything we do in the way that some other podcast networks, some other podcast content. Makers yeah. Hence the have, uh, absence, yeah. extended absences for Eric and I at points. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And look, sometimes life stuff happens too. And so we have to like be conscious of like how much we can put on our, on our, you know, respective plates and how much we can handle. And so that's why we, we are kind of like, we test the waters a little bit. A lot of my Twitch streaming stuff has not just been because I want to play Chrono Trigger with y'all, but because we wanted to see what it looks like if that channel is live twice a week, like what kind of viewers show up, what kind of retention does it have? What are the, the peaks and lows? We look at like, I've been watching the YouTube view counts and the engagement there to see what that looks like. Um, it's just kind of us dipping toes in different things to see if there's a ripple that comes back or not. And I think definitely video is something that we're always looking to expand more into, like Kat was saying, but also end of day, like we just, the core of this is always going to be 
the show, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. the weekly episodes and the pantheon that kind of make up the the core aspect and also just the the good vibes of of this crew. Um, I'm very thankful to have been brought on and to be a part of this. Uh, and it's such a cool experience. And, and on top of all that, like the Discord in, in a time where the Twitter is falling <laughs> apart, yeah. like having the Blood God Discord to just hang out it's in huge. and chat in with like minded people is really excellent. And it's that's a fantastic that, effing Discord. I'm super absolutely. proud of how it. Yeah, uh, you're all cool. Together. Yeah, it's it, it rules. And so that is like even as we look to build out, we we try to make sure that like the core, the foundation remains and and we're we're true to that so uh don't fret too much if you hear us doing a bunch of weird and wacky stuff because that is like the the core of what we want to do remains the same we still want to be the number one independent rpg podcast out there hell so. yeah and, and i'm happy are. to say i'm happy to report that acts of the blood god has grown year by year uh mm-hmm. it's grown significantly since we went first one independent and um i think that we can keep growing and keep pulling in uh, people to the show and getting them to join our community. We were blessed with just an incredible year for RPGs yeah. this year. An all-timer. I don't know how you top this year, but even next year, you know, we get Rebirth. We're going to get Elden Ring DLC. Infinite and God knows what wealth, else we'll see. baby. Infinite wealth. I'm so excited. We're going to get um, Switch 2 next year, probably. I also, real quick... Uh, you know, all of us here on the pod do a lot of work, but uh, Victor has also been a huge part yeah, of this yes, year. Yeah, Victor has, in. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah, uh, has been doing a lot of work behind the scenes that that y'all might not have seen, and then also has been doing a lot of incredible work with the expanded dropouts uh, mm-hmm. coverage that mm-hmm. has been really cool. By the and way, just, if you haven't done it yet, go subscribe to Charlene Dropout's feed. You know, mm-hmm. yes, please. It there is are on free episodes. Feed. There are free episodes as well as premium episodes, and uh, it's it's good Final Fantasy fourteen content. We're not that far away from another expansion from Dawn no, Trail. Just, yeah, yeah. Just got a new uh, trailer today for Dawn Trail. Exactly. Yeah. And and shout outs to Mike for for being another pillar in that respect, and like all mm-hmm. all the guests that we've had on, they've been so generous with their time and and yeah. helping out the folks that guested on the different charity streams. You asked, is there anything you wish you had done differently? I wish I'd remembered to set the VOD recording for the damn D&D stream. <laughs> That's the oh, one yeah. thing. It's the one thing if I could go back and change, it would be check the VOD setting before uh, you do the D&D stream. <laughs> we've all had big screw ups like that. But even even that we've we've had talks about what if we did some more D&D or, or tabletop or even or Baldur's. A Baldur's Gate 3 yeah. campaign. And That'd be so fun. there's a there's a lot of stuff that that we were talking about that's going to be really exciting. And it's been really fun to see the ways in which we grow and expand. And yeah, it's great. I love this. Another thing that you can look forward to uh, in 2024 is we're going to do a RPG music, RPG soundtrack, uh, Pantheon type yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. So we so we're just okaying this live on air. I, I yeah. put in just... Don't forget this RPG music Thunderdome, and we're just clearing we're doing it. it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, we're doing it. It's going to be great. Um, it'll be much in the same as like our Pantheon remake and mm. the remake of the top twenty-five RPGs. We haven't done a proper list of the greatest RPG soundtracks, so it's time it's to build time. that list and do a big special 
around it and i'm really yes. looking forward to it um so yeah those are some of the things that you can look forward to in 2024 i think we're we have a great show and we have a great community and we have a, a lot to look forward to the show just keeps on growing and i think that it's going to be better than ever next year so better than 10 super that. bowls 10 super bowls 10 super bowls i don't want to oversell it to- <laughs> All right, that's it for the mailbag. It's time now for a series of random encounters. Analog is tackling the N64 next with the Analog 3D. Paradox parts ways with harebrained schemes following disappointing sales for Lamplighter's League. The PS5 release date may have been leaked. It could be coming out in November 10th. The next Final Fantasy XIV class is the Viper. You'll also be able to ride Torgal. Yeah. Torgal. Torgal's a mouse. Torgal's a mouse, all right. Torgal is the best thing to come out of Final Fantasy XVI full stop. He's I don't disagree dog. with that. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, and that's not even hate on Final Fantasy XVI. I just like Torgal. Torgal's a good no, dog. No, Torgal's great. We love Torgal. Very good dog. Great, great, great idea to have Torgal in there. Uh, Diablo 4 Season of Blood is now out. There was uh, some technical difficulties that led to a very brief delay, but it's here now, and apparently it's good. Uh, I've seen, actually, a fair amount of praise for it um, online. I'm, I've been playing Diablo 4 on and off uh, with supporter DJ Bagel Pups, so uh, we could, uh, so, you know, I'm... Diablo 4. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. Aside from the very cynical monetization. It's not so bad. It's still good. It's still good. It's still good. It's still, it's still it's like good. It's just a little monetized. It's still good. It's still good. It's, it's the same arc as Diablo 3 is, is what it's going to be. Yeah. I'll wait for it to come on Switch so I'll be like, oh, this is really cool. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Slay the Spire dev uh, releases Dancing Duelists, a free-to-play deck builder after de- ditching Unity. And finally, uh, Phil Spencer says Activision Blizzard games aren't on Game Pass uh, because of all the uncertainty around the buyout. So please look ahead to 2024. All right, we're rolling into the tavern now. It's time to relax, chill out, and talk about what we are playing. Eric, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, I have a game that I can finally talk about now. Uh, It's called Long Gone Days. Uh, I've been kind of poking at it on my Switch uh, here and there. I've been traveling a lot, so it's been my travel companion game. And it is an indie RPG that you probably already own <laughs> because it's been in a bunch of bundles and stuff over the years. The early access came out sometime around. like I think the first time I played this game was in 2015 or something like that. Uh, and it has been in gradual early access and put into bundles and things like that throughout the years. Now it's finally out, out on consoles and, uh, and PC. Uh, and the thrust of it is that it is an anti-war RPG. Uh, you play as a, uh, sniper who is part of a paramilitary, like, like raises a child soldier and then becomes disillusioned on their first, uh, dispatch and decides to go AWOL and expose the the truth behind this big military conspiracy uh but the game is very much about number one like realism and and not in like a oh it's super crunchy rainbow six tactical kind of way but in that it's about 
uh real life there are no fantasy elements your characters are all soldiers in various ways um or or they fight however they they are able to fight uh it is a turn-based rpg where all the combat encounters are set there are no random encounters there are just specific encounters and i think that's kind of an interesting concept because it forces you to really think about what you expend and what you have for each fight and i think that's a cool idea yeah um so I'm going to say two things about this game. Number one, I don't think the combat system's that great. <laughs> I'm going to get that out of the way now. Uh, eat the vegetables first. I think it's novel in that it is a primarily like military-driven combat system about targeting different parts of the body, kind of like a VAT system. Right. And so you can try to like hit the head, but you have like less chance to do it but if you hit them it'll do a lot of damage or if you hit their arm you have a chance to uh paralyze them and, and make them miss a turn things like that uh you have different abilities like the medic has a bunch of healing that they can do and can also take care of status effects uh or the assault character can just kind of shoot more and that's kind of like the problem with this game i think in its combat system is that it has interesting ideas for what the non-combatant characters can do there's actually one character who is a conscientious objector who is like a pacifist and so he cannot attack but he can boost other characters morale and heal them advantage them and stuff like that so he actually becomes a really interesting character in combat because of that but then other characters are just kind of like well this character has a shotgun so they can't hit like pinpoint targets but they have a lot of attacks that do like other things but i don't think it does anything interesting with that or at least not enough interesting for me to care the reason why i care the reason why i think this game is worth playing is that it is a wartime story about the effects of war on a civilian population and holy hell is that not extremely relevant right now yeah, really? and yes. it is a it is a very of the time game to play and i think the writing is exceptional i think the writing is very very good it tackles a lot of really complex topics um there, there's a character who uh, had gone to live abroad and ended up getting like conned into almost into a trafficking scheme. Damn. And there is a character who is like, again, the conscientious objector, the pacifist, seeing how they react to war is very interesting. Seeing how like communities are affected by an incoming invasion like you there is an entire section where you're living in the town and you know that an invasion is like coming in the next few days and you're seeing how all the population reacts to that and you're doing these side quests to do things like help try to round up all the stray dogs and cats in town so you can get them all together and get them out before the invasion comes through and things like that um it's a very very i mean it's like heavy it's a heavy game to play but i think it is a very relevant game to play and i think if you want something that is as it builds itself an anti-war rpg in this time it is fascinating for that it is a really cool play for that um i i wish the combat system was a little bit more interesting i wish like the gameplay parts of it were a little bit more interesting but the writing and the the storytelling and the character designs are absolutely incredible the art in this game is gorgeous i think it looks fantastic um it's it's can, worth it enough if you want something different. Can art, good art and a good story save an RPG even if the combat system's a little boring? Oh, I almost oh, just, yeah. I almost just let some real spicy slip. Mm. Oh, I don't yeah. believe it with my I don't believe it with my whole heart, but I do think people care more about the style 
and vibes of persona than they do about the combat of persona because the combat of persona is not nearly as intriguing as like the push turn stuff of shin megami tensei or anything like that persona 5 has some good moments Persona Five it's it's fine it's got decent it's got combat that serves the purpose it needs to serve but i wouldn't say that like any of the the combat challenges of persona were as interesting as smt or anything like that i'm looking forward to persona 3 reload because i think the boss fights and whatnot are much more intense those those were four and five most yes yeah yeah i agree with that Mm -hmm. and it it does a good job of integrating the mechanics i agree that the vibes and the music and the story and the characters are generally superior to the act yeah you you play play persona for the vibes yeah but the other thing is that with the persona games so much of Oh, the enjoyment of the combat is in the demon fusion and getting mm-hmm. a good stable of demons yeah. in your party. So I think so that fun. there's, it's not just the moment to moment combat, it's the preparation that goes into combat. That's as well. it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I, I still feel like SMT still does demon fusion better, like I gives agree. you more interesting reasons to want to fuse. It's not as fun though. I find it a lot saying, more fun in Persona. I, oh no, I I like the what was the one we just did? Um, Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey. I, I thought the demon fusing of that was way more interesting because it felt more impactful in the ways I was doing it in Persona. I didn't have to like pay attention to what I was fusing until like I think the cruise ship was the first time that I was like, oh, I need a team that can address this specifically, and. Beyond that, I was like, I don't like, like, I'm just making demons and putting them together, and and this works somehow. I think because you have to, you have other characters you can rely on for some of your elemental hits and things like that. You can get by in that game in a way that you have to like focus on the demons in Shin Megami Tensei. You're not uh, wrong, Eric. You're not wrong. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, try- I'm not dunking on Persona either. I love no. the vibes. To be no. clear, I do think stand SMT down. Has, I do think SMT has better the better gameplay. Um, uh, yeah, Long Gone Days is really really good. Uh, I've been poking at some other stuff that I don't really want to talk about yet because I just haven't played enough of it. I did play some of that Spider Man last night. Spider Man. That's that's Spider Man too. They made another Spider Man, and I I personally like that a lot. It's a good Spider-Man. They did that. I'm kind of curious about the story. Um, I think my biggest disappointment so far is it feels like Miles is taking a very B plot role to the A plot of Peter and his stuff. And I think that's kind of a bummer. Supporting a supporting role. Yeah. Like Miles, like, like Peter has a lot of stuff going on that he's dealing with. And then Miles is just like. I need to finish an essay. And that's like <laughs> one of his main driving <laughs> plots. And um, just get I, the thesis on there and run, write your intro and write your body, write your end. You're good. But I, th- I think the thing is that I've complained before about Sony first party games that I don't like stuff like Tsushima or Horizon mm. or God of War because they Same. all feel very samey to me. Uh, I think Spider-Man breaks that just by virtue of how good it's traversal and like being in its world feels it just and it's even fun to watch like people are putting out videos and i'm like oh yes. man this looks just fun like yeah. i agree with you i'm not much of a sony game person because i think there's a little bit too polished and too perfect but too polished but you, yeah you know what i mean like you know just, what the problem with this game is it's too good no that's not, no, that's not I, really what i mean i, no, I agree really. with no yeah it's it's where like everything feels tailor-made so that everyone will have a good time with it but without there thinking is no, too hard 
there is no yeah. sicko. There is no sicko energy. But Spider-Man, I can like sense a little bit of sicko in there. There's like a little bit of sicko in there. And and, and it gets me through. For a so, treat. I'm not a spider gal. Um spider gal? I, I did enjoy across the, the Into the Spider-Verse films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are good. As a superhero, I find Spider-Man not objectionable. I never got around to playing the original. I played some Miles Morales. It was fine. I was not going to play Spider-Man 2, but then I got a code in my inbox. And I was like, I'll install this. And I watched the recap and I'm like, okay, I can vibe with this, I think. And so it's the kind of game that I definitely want to play on my TV rather than usually I play on my computer monitor. Yeah. Um, So I got it on my TV and I'm going to I'm going to roll with it and see if I end up liking it. Um because I agree with you, Nadia, the the clips that I've been seeing on social media makes it seem really appealing. I especially yeah. love the uh, the really the the transitions between characters. They did the GTA yes. Five thing, yeah, mm-hmm. but in high speed. I think that's kind of cool. And the fast travel, and also this is weirdly the year of New York for me. I just got yeah, reading, me too. <laughs> I just got done reading this wonderful uh lesbian time travel rom-com called uh, one last stop and which is set in new york i spent two weeks in new york back in august i've been to new york multiple times this year so mm-hmm. it does make sense that i finish off the year playing spider-man 2 which is just a a, a really yep. amazing recreation of new york uh two other things that i want to highlight about spidey that make it good number one Mm -hmm. i love the cast of spidey i think everyone Mm -hmm. talks about how batman has the best rogues gallery but i would put spider-man up against batman i would say those two they're they're like tied for me i I like both of them but is there anyone who can match up to the joker in terms of rogues the green goblin really i agree the Green, Green Goblin, Goblin is like the Joker, Doc but he flies Oc. around. He's a lot more fun. Venom. Uh, Spider Man so... villains are fun. They're Even a lot of like, fun. like Craven Venom in Spider Man so... 2 is a really good pick. Venom is like... so 90s Edgelord as a character. Oh, but Cat, mm, you got to get on board with sexy Venom. You got to get on board with hot <laughs> Venom. It's uh, Look, these days, Venom's not, not a freak. He's, oh, he's a little freak. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> a little freako. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Venom Venom owns in this game, but but you like you have Green Goblin, you have uh, Vulture. I think Vulture is really Vulture. fun. I love the Vulture's Michael great. Keaton Vulture so much. Michael like, Keaton is... Vulture is great, and Spider Man Homecoming is low key one of the best MCU films. That's just a standalone that I could watch anytime. It's any so place. good. It is good. So good. It's lovely. The the um, other Spider Man movies, I did not care for the most recent Spider Man MCU film. Because yeah. it was just a whole lot of remember this, remember this, remember this. Here's it, it was just one big tribute to the damn two thousands movies. Which yeah, but mm-hmm. I do like Tobey Maguire, so I was kind of happy to see him. But I, I agree, I like I like Tobey Maguire. Spider Man Two, Spider Man Two is a very great movie. I agree. Spider Man One and Three not so great. Just, just gonna put I that out liked, there. Two was great. Two was a great movie. The the other thing that's really good about Spider Man Two, the video game. At that mango old po- pointed out in the in the chat it's got like 
small town not small town like like small like scale uh community vibes right it's got that like friendly neighborhood spider-man vibe down a lot of it helps that spider-man is not like constantly working with the cops in this game (laughs) it's a lot more like honestly spider-man helps out the firefighters and like the local communities and stuff like that but especially between like miles who feels much more grounded in his community because of the way they built his story up in miles morales and Mm -hmm. and the stuff you're doing in spider-man 2 feels very community driven he he helps out just local people that need help and also a lot of the focus has now shifted to them using this app that they have where people can like put in requests for (laughs) spider-man to help them out um it is so small town like it's I, I did it again small scale community vibes like friendly neighborhood spider-man stuff that i think that's what made me like this character a lot way back when when i didn't like most other superhero characters i like spider-man because he was just yeah wanting to help out in his neighborhood and he is very likable in that, that way very ground level um yeah can't can't hate for sure so i i've heard that the open world isn't is very stock um a lot of fetch yeah. quests that kind of thing in some ways but the swinging is fun i don't care the about traversal, there. the traversal is fun oh the the gliding wings are so fun they're yeah. they're really smart it was a really smart addition and the way they're integrated is really really smart mm-hmm. yeah and it's beautiful it's a beautiful looking game so mm-hmm. i uh yeah i will be playing this one now that i have a code um another game that i'm playing now that i have a code is super mario wonder and um i'll say some nice things and then i'll say some things that annoy me Ooh. Uh, nice things. It's beautiful, especially compared to New Super Mario Brothers. I mm-hmm. love the Wonder Seed conceit where everything changes. Everything gets and, cracked out. Yeah, <laughs> Mario gets all cracked out. He touched fuzzy. Now he's going to get dizzy. Elephant Mario is okay. Um, I he, He's fine. I like the vibes more than the actual mechanics. It feels a little too heavy uh, to mm-hmm. me. I, I like Fireball better. I grab that immediately. I do like that there are multiple characters. The level design is decent. Um, I wish that Mario didn't draw so much inspiration from OG Mario 1. I wish it drew more inspiration mm. from Mario 3 and Mario World. Because it feels like another evolution of the original Mario I mean, obviously it has components of Mario 3, but on a moment-to-moment basis, especially World 1, I'm sure it gets a lot more intricate as you go. It's very straightforward, beginning-to-end kind of stuff. And How it far feels like Mario I'm not 1. very far. The thing I'm that wondering. I like about Mario 3 is, A, you go into the sky a lot. There's yeah. a lot above your head and below your feet. And the levels do not feel like a point A to point B situation. They feel like a, I don't know, how would you describe it? A, a box where you mm-hmm. can you can explore all of the different corners and then eventually get to the goal if you want. And I feel like Mario's lost that a little bit. 2D Mario's lost that a little bit. Like New Super Mario Brothers borrowed heavily from the original Mario 1. And now that has been the course for 2D Mario for a while. And I think that Mario 3 and Mario World were much more interesting evolutions of it. I miss the mini castles and how intricate those were. I miss the ghost houses. And I sure hope that Mario Wonder has stuff that 
is equivalent to that as um, I continue. But I'll, how far are you? Because I'm only I'm like, really not that far. I'm only like in World One. So yeah, so I'm uh, gonna, take it I'm, with I'm, a grain I'm, of salt. It's just initial impressions. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm I, yeah I'm playing it too. I haven't gotten very far. I'm playing with my husband, so I've been told apparently that the online component is incredible, and I haven't mm. turned it on yet. The so, badges. Uh, I want to see what the badges are all about. Yeah, uh, I got yeah. one badge. I can't remember. Oh right, it was the gliding badge. I got that already, which is uh, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I want to see. I, I kind of miss the online component for Mario games. Like I miss Miiverse so much. Like, do you remember people were going crazy with New Super Mario Brothers? Um, I think it was 3D one. Uh, Super Mario Bros. World, uh, 3D World, and they were writing messages on the on the map screen like my mom divorced my dad and all this mm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of like how do you find the mushroom in in one one it's like oh my mom hates me. My- <laughs> There's something about shit posting in a Nintendo forum that just feels really good. It you attracted know? the weirdest shit posters too. Shit like posting, not even like draw her giving birth. Like that. That's what that meme <laughs> came from. Like, it took about two seconds for that to go off the rails. Cats like wholesome shit posting in the Nadia and like frame perfect response. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get that kind of shit posting. You don't get the good water guy in normal communities. You don't get that guy who bought these games specifically to post. 10 out of 10 water and i i feel this guy because i would have done the same thing just like oh here's cool water. i love water i love swimming like this, this water looks cool but i wouldn't buy all the games and like comment on every single one like who does that what the, nintendo people are weird and i, I include the, myself the dude that was like super into mewtwo and was really mad that every smash game did not have mewtwo in it oh, after God. melee and was like would rage about it all the time i feel like that was an old game facts like <laughs> yeah did of like the dude who really wants Mewtwo back in smash he just um, really wants Mewtwo that's I, all he wants yeah no so I'll, I'll give mario wonder more time and i will i'm sure it'll be turned out to be absolutely incredible but i'm the last playing th- oh go ahead the last thing i was gonna say is that uh i'm back back on my madden bullshit at this no point. why mm, at least it's not mm. fifa at least it's not fifa no i'm in a I'm in an online league, which, by the way, we have openings on our wait list if you want to join. Just uh, DM me for details. But it's a 32-team league, and I'm playing – I was railroaded into playing the Arizona Cardinals, a team that I <laughs> never think about. It's also one of the worst teams in the game. I no, one, no, one, no one thinks about that team ever. I forgot the team they doesn't existed. exist. Yeah. I forgot they existed. They're, this is the most I've thought about the Cardinals – literally in years um tiny little red burbs but i've kind of come to like them their uniforms are fun i love cardinals Uh, they're one of my favorite birds it's fun to be a bird team so i can be like while imagining that i'm a cardinal (laughs) Uh, i've got kyler murray who's very fun to play with and uh i've lost i've won my last two games at the very last second one was I was about to kick a field goal and I did a fake field goal to get the winning touchdown and won the there game. There we go. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I was like, I'm going for this. I'm going to win this game. And I did it. I threw it to a lineman in the end zone and they did the toe tap. It was hilarious. So you had this yeah. giant lineman doing a toe tap. And so, um, and then the second game, uh, again, I gave up a last minute touchdown because my defense is horrible because it's a horrible team. But... <laughs> I threw a pass down the seam for like uh, like an 80-yard touchdown pass down the seam with 30 seconds remaining to uh, 
to get the go ahead and beat the Browns. And uh, that felt good too. So cardiac cards, cardiac cards. I managed to go from one and four to like five and four now. So competing with the Seahawks to win my division. So having a good time, actually this, this Madden is not good. I would not recommend it, but I uh, can't approve that. That's always my problem is like I hear this and I miss because I used to to play in this this league as well. Uh, yeah. I was I was running the the Browns for a little bit and I I well, miss hey, dude, get on the wait list. You can come on. No, I so I miss so much of it, but I do not miss playing Madden. Like I <laughs> wish that game was better because I just honestly I, this is the most fun I've been having playing Madden in years. And, but, um, it, the game itself is stupid still, but at least it's fun stupid as opposed to boring stupid. I I don't know. It's like like I know that playing a game with friends can make a lot of bad games better. It's true. But there and, and I did enjoy live streaming my my Madden games, but I just mm, no no you can't drag me back in. Don't do right. this to me. All right. I'm I just won't. going to go play Pyre instead. The true best it's sports It's true. We RPG. have a lot of other games, but this is... I'm back to practicing. I, I feel invested again. Um, and hey, uh, if you ever want to watch my streams, um, I'm on Cat Plays Madden. Um, it's just a separate Twitch channel. It's mandatory that you have a Twitch channel that you can stream with. And I didn't want to stream from my regular uh, Twitch yeah. channel. So Cat Plays Madden. All right, Nadia. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just gonna say I'm still playing Baldur's Gate three. Uh, I'm I kind of got into the middle of the uh, what do you call it? the Gauntlet of Shar, mm. and I started to go up against myself, and I got creamed, and I said nope. So I went back and I decided to do some other stuff. Um, yeah, just kind of goofing around, having a great time. Nothing really major to report. Just kind of really finding spots I want to visit, going there, and then seeing what's up. I did rescue Thaniel. So I'm proud of myself for that. Mm, that's that's a good side quest line. I like it that is. side quest line a lot. Except I said on Twitter, like all from now on, all hide and seek mini games are canceled. No more. They're gone. So They're done. I I was confused by what you meant by that, and I guess I just did something else in that situation because I just I wound up doing like a, like a combat encounter and then convinced the, oh. the little gremlin child to work with me. And so I guess you can do you can that hide. instead. Yeah, like, okay basically he says oh let's play hot and seek and i said okay fine and if you have good perception which i do like you found him in two seconds behind a, a wagon and it's like okay now we're gonna play with mummy and daddy and he brings up those stupid shadows and the shadows have like you know if they see you they'll lure you into a a fight but to be honest i always reset because i thought that you know i wanted to save daniel but i thought if you fight you'll piss him off because he kills mom and dad but uh, i guess he'll join you if he kills mom and dad <laughs> Well, I, nice. you you can still complete that quest even if you do the fight. So, oh, okay, um, okay. But yeah, have you done? I want to make sure before you start doing too much gauntlet stuff. Have you done the? Well, you've been to the inn, right? Yeah, you have to go to the I inn. I saved to the do inn. Yeah, I saved. Yeah. The inn. Um, have you done the mountain pass? Uh, I've done most of it. I didn't finish off the gift nest. I have. I haven't done anything with the Inquisitor yet. You should go finish that stuff before you I think I will. do anything yeah. in the Gauntlet of Shar. Yeah. No, I've actually gone backwards and I said, you know what? I haven't done like anything of the Underdark, so I'm going to do the Underdark. Oh, so, yeah. oh do and the Underdark, any, dude. Yeah. yeah. Any So like Act 1 is broadly considered everything before you enter the Shadowlands. Mm-hmm. And then Act 2 is just the Shadowlands because it's like a pretty, as, as you've it's seen, it's, it's a pretty big area. 
Uh, but you should make sure you clear off all act one and act two stuff, because like I will tell you right now is once you get to a certain point in the gauntlet, you will like lock off everything right. that came before. So, oh, OK, so I'm going to yeah, I'm going to go. I have a lot to do. That's not that. And I, I actually got a feeling like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be here yet. Game's pretty good at that. If you what is funny, though, is I camp against two minotaurs and there's a narrow like hill and I've said, oh, I know what to do. And I greased the shit out of that floor. So all these cows are just falling over. <laughs> like, you idiots. And I'm just shooting them from a distance. Classic counter to cows running uphill. Grease. Animal. <laughs> no, exactly. But one of them got passed and I was like, oh, shit, because it was mad. The ability to have conversations with animals is one of my secret favorite things. in oh, I, lo- I talked to mm-hmm. every animal. Mm-hmm. I made myself I, in. I made a druid subclass. I enjoy talking to uh, the cows in the Underdark. Make sure you do that. I talked um, to a really fucked up cow. Um, first, it was you know, the with strange cow. The strange cow that shows you the weird Eric Cartman fucked up vision. Like it was, and then I left it alone. I love strange cow. Strange, strange cow's cows got bad vibes. Strange cow just says moo. Um, God, I love that game. You're making me want to play that game again. I'm probably after this next game that i'm on for coverage once i'm done with that i think i'm gonna go back to my dark urge run and I and might see that, that all the way through because Y'all might do that yeah are we going to ever do a co-op campaign together? I'm, I'm down for I'm it i'm down can i use are we my going to wait for like or? are we gonna wait for like definitive edition and then play together mm, depends on like Mm, it depends it depends but i think if we if we hit a i think point we should wait at, for a definitive edition so that we can really blow it out and have a good time not you you would have to roll a new character unfortunately oh. i don't think oh, yeah, you, you, ha- you have to roll new characters but, but i mean we could all have fun coming up with like a great mix we could decide mm-hmm. who would be the fourth in our party uh, uh, we would argue over it every and there's time. really yeah. good twitch ho- hooks as well where people mm-hmm. can decide uh um People can decide dialogue checks and everything. We're going to have a great time if we do this together. Mm-hmm. I think so. no, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm yeah. down anytime. Just let me and know. No love- reloading. Yeah, no safes coming. No, no, no safes coming. I think the rule would be no, we have to live with the, the roles, but that I do think that there are certain moments like last light in that we should be able to reload. I screwed that up the we, first we, time. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I'm reloading. We will, we will <laughs> make the rules. Save scum parameters. Yes. 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 Like if we lose an encounter and everybody dies, I'm gonna be oh, like, yeah. uh, we should we should reload. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not rolling yeah. the party. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. for a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, um, I think that we should just roll with it in terms of yes. the, the roles and such. So to speak. But <laughs> who gets uh, who gets forced into the talking too? <laughs> another reason to wait for the definitive edition whenever it comes out, if it does, is presumably they'll be doing a lot of bug fixes on the co-op which is still kind of broken especially yeah. as you get into like act three and that kind of thing yeah so. yeah i haven't played that far in in the co-op campaign i currently have i think we're still in like early act one there but it's been fine but there have been a few moments of weirdness and so yeah yeah rev's been playing with uh her husband imran and she says it's gotten quite gnarly as she's mm. gotten she mentioned uh, that deep into yeah. the game yeah all right, that's it for what we've been playing. Nadia, take us home. Uh, before you came on, Kat, we were talking a little bit about like our schools and you know what they were kind of surrounded by. Eric said he was surrounded by football fields because mm-hmm. Texas. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I said I grew up in a city school that was um, surrounded by a lot of ravines that were technically off bounds, out of bounds, but we, uh, we ignored that. Um, I was telling Eric about this game that, well, I personally didn't play it, but a few kids did. Allegedly. Uh, one, of the, <laughs> one of the ravines kind of backed out into a, uh, a a rehab hospital, like where you, you're sent to if you had a bad accident, you go to the hospital, then you, you get sent to a rehab hospital to recover. And this place was staffed by nuns that were really angry all the time. And we'd kind of sneak onto the property, which which bordered the property of our school. And they'd chase. Like, they knew how to give chase. And so we called it nun chase. And <laughs> I never got caught. I never really did that. I never really did that that often. But uh, I, I did know some kids who got caught. But I did in grade school, which was just kind of across the street from the other school I went to, that I also backed onto Ravine. And we all called it a... We went back there, which is strictly against the rules. And this is how smart we were. We went onto a hill and started howling like wolves. And I just remember in my mind's eye, the, the vision of the teacher storming towards us. <laughs> we all got rounded up and taken to the gymnasium. And just there was a lot of us, like there was a real herd of us who had gone that day. I don't know what got into us. And we all got this huge ass lecture because, man, I guess if we had died, they would have been in a lot of trouble because the ravines have... You know, they have rivers, they have crazy people, they have animals, they have a lot of animals, actually. Um, we were warned not to tease the geese. Anything else that comes out, whatever, foxes, coyotes, ignore them, but uh, don't tease the geese. So I was wondering, Kat, like, what did your school kind of border? Like, anything cool or interesting? I'm literally posting uh, pictures from my school in the Discord right now because I was just there. It's closed now, actually. Really? Oh. Yes. Um, no children. Yeah, I just posted it into the Discord. This, this is what my elementary school uh, looked like back in the day. Oh, that's um, a nice big field. Yeah, big field. It's, it was a suburb. There was nothing around it. That, that was my elementary school, Sioux Trail Elementary. And uh, it's closed because there's not enough kids in Burnsville where I grew up. And if you look inside, you can still see stuff from the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like 2020. Cool. Stuff like they haven't finished clearing out. And if you look at the front, you can see that it's still kind of like overgrown. I saw that was really creepy. I love that. Yeah, it's really creepy, but kind of cool, actually. I I love nature reclaiming stuff. Is the property like, is anything going to happen to the property or is it just going to be graffiti to death? I think they're going to bulldoze it. Probably re- like uh, my middle school, which is nearby uh, Metcalf. It's um, it it's going to get bulldozed and turned into a whole new development area. So it's going to be kind of an end of an era. I always found that school very grim, honestly. <laughs> really? Yeah, Metcalf was. Like, I think I just have bad memories of Metcalf in general, but it um. wasn't like the most you know attractive school or anything. But uh, Sioux Trail. Uh, the other one was the hill in the back, and we used, and I'm standing at the top. And I when I was it, yeah. small, I had tiny little legs, and so Aww. that hill felt very big to me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and we would go sledding down that hill during the winter. Yeah, of course which you was would. Just a lot Damn. of fun. I, I saw that and I said, "That's a good sledding hill." It's a good ass sledding hill, and there would be because they would uh, plow um, the 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 blacktop. You would have yeah. these huge snow snowdrifts. 
Yeah. And then you could play in those too. And that was a lot of fun. Like climbing. I used to build caves in those things. Yeah, we would build the caves and all that. So yeah, I grabbed a picture of myself on that hill, which I played on many times when I was Ah. very small. And I could see my mom pulling into the parking lot to pick me up and everything. So yeah, I've been meaning to kind of go back and look at my old schools and stuff like that. But that's a big sign of growing up when you have these tobogganing hills that you thought were huge and you look at them as a kid, as an adult and like, oh, that's, that's actually very small. Hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, we had a favorite tobogganing hill because Toronto is extremely hilly where I grew up. Um, And it got, it is now at the point, like I kind of visited it. It's at the point where I guess we use it so much that the roots of the trees there are all exposed. And so if you run into one, you're going headlong into <laughs> down the rest of the hill. So I, to even toboggan down that hill now, like you would have to have some deep snows. And unfortunately, we just don't get really deep snows anymore, except when, you know, maybe you get a wild snowstorm every so often. But it used to be when I was a kid, you, you can count on snow being on the ground all the time, but you can't really do that as much now. Yeah. So spawning sucks now. It's quite, it's quite variable, actually. It's very variable. Yeah. Things climate change. Thank you. Yeah. We could have August and October or, you know, or we can have, uh, uh, you know, December and April. Why not? No, it's a dice roll. It is. Keep things interesting. And that's it for this week's episode of Axel of Blood God. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for supporting the show. If you enjoyed it, go check it out. Go leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. You can also support us at patreon.com slash bloodgodpod. And we have a lot of merch over at shop.bloodgodpod.com. Hey, we're coming up on uh, Black Friday and that kind of thing in about a month. We're going to have a lot of deals. So please look forward to that. Mm. And also, I got this big bag full of pins. And uh, I'm going to put up uh, more orders for year two pins on the shop. So if you missed it the first time, you're going to be able to buy it. As always, thank you to our Stars of Destiny for joining us in the live show. And this week, we were joined by Abby of the Moon, Anthrax Bees, Zixa, Drew RWX, Harvest Lunatic, Mango Ult, Sardin, Supermoot, and Teeps. Thank you so much for joining us. We're heading now into the post show. So if you want to listen to that, you got to subscribe to the Stars of Destiny. But for everybody else, till next time, happy adventuring. That was not a bad fight.